Welcome back to part two of our discussion of the D&D Essentials box set here on the D50 Shades of D&D podcast. I'm Todd and I'm here with James. Hello. And Rick. Hey. And we will join our discussion already in progress. So let's talk about a little bit about this spiffy box set. Yeah. So one, I absolutely love box sets. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a box set. I, I don't know anyone who does not like a box set. I, I know when, when I hosted a Yahoo group, I would always proclaim, bring back the box set. And, you know, I think, uh, I think uh, Uncle Steve's uh, friend Dave uh, preferred Ziploc bags. <laughs> uh, he wanted to be able to see inside to see what he was getting. Well, are, are we still uh, talking about his gaming paraphernalia? I was I was going to say, Steve, Uncle Steve has <laughs> uh, everything in Ziploc bags too. But uh, yeah, but uh, those but, will look, cost you. But but, but please continue. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Todd. You were saying so. Box one, uh, there's a really nice set of translucent dice. With yeah. uh, four D sixes for those yeah. who want to roll up their own multiple multiple D twenties, I believe. Yeah, two D twenties. Yeah, there's actually enough dice for two players to play. That was another thing that I think is the first time they've done that. Uh, or for you to be able to roll advantage or disadvantage. And oh, what's the what's the uh, SRP on this thing again? Uh, yeah, so twenty four ninety nine. It's got to be the a lot. Actually, later. you get a more than a full set of dice in there. Um, yeah, so you have a full set of translucent dice. So you have a GM screen. On that. that that was a that was a great call on their part. And uh, two two poster maps. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the DM screen. Yeah. The, has there been any other box set in Dungeons and Dragons history with a DM screen? Yeah, I think some of those um, in those the nineties, the ones that were like the board game sized yeah. boxes mm. that came out in the nineties. As a matter of fact, I was like, I almost had one of those on eBay the other day, but got away from me. But oh, wow. uh, I believe at least one of those had a uh, a DM screen in it. So, but but it definitely was not the 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 norm for sure. No, right. no, no, no. Yeah, it was unusual. Yeah, so that's that's pretty awesome. Now, other games, you know, like I uh, believe, I think the first game that I ever got that had a DM screen included in the box set was like the 1982 uh, Villains and uh, oh, um second nice. edition. I believe yeah. that came. It was a uh, flimsy. It wasn't. Uh, it was you know black yeah. text on on white, but uh, it was a it was a it was judge's usable. screen. You know that had so to be expensive back in in the eighties. Oh no no! The, back in the eighties, it's expensive now to track one down. I mean, I just bought another one recently, so I would have like a pristine one, and uh, it cost me more than I'd like to admit. I just meant uh, printing cost wise. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, great stuff. So yeah. there's there's also like four pages of magic items, or four magic item cards. So there's like one, two, three, like thirty six magic item cards. Speaking yeah. of the cards, uh, the status cards. I thought. Oh those, yeah, those rock. 
more games need to have those um, that you can just like, rather than have to share the book or whatever, you just toss the player the card. Oh yeah. Hey, this is what's going on right now. And when they're done with it, they give it back to you. You, you know, those, those, those are amazing. Not to mention it. It's kind of fun to hand them out. Like this is yours now. Here yeah, you go. yeah. 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 <laughs> You're paralyzed. Here. Yeah. Read up, on, read up on prone. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and these are usable. Uh, some of the stuff is usable if you're running a regular fifth edition game. I, I mean, you can, even if you're done with the essentials kit and you're oh, playing a, a, a higher level campaign, you can still use those cards. You can oh, still that's use what, the maps. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hesitate to buy the essentials kit, even though I've got like the hardcover, the core books. Um, yeah. I did not see it as like, well, I don't need that. I already have these books. No, uh, once I figured out, what was in it, what it had, you know, for the adventure alone. And the fact that you get, who doesn't need more dice? So, you know, it's easily worth that kind of money. And plus the NPC cards, you have an NPC card for pickled Pete. Okay. We've reached, I mean, we've reached reached the first negative thing that I'm going to say about (laughs) the essential skit. I do not care for that artwork. Uh, Uh, I do not care for that. There's a there's a half western half yeah and when I say western I'm not talking about because the, the other half is anime but the first half I'm not talking about western like western society I'm talking about the old west there's even I believe a character in a cowboy hat yeah I found it very jarring and I mm. did not care for it um, I I thought it was a, a bit of a throwback. Uh, a little bit to the kind of like uh, Borderlands, uh, you know, keep on the Borderlands, like wild frontier-ish uh, kind of feel, but they took it pretty far. So Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I mean, ultimately it's, it's not something, it's not a game changer for me, but uh, you know, we're, we're here to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. So, yeah. was, so I like the maps, the, the maps, maps are fine. The maps, the maps fine. look good. And some of the artwork that I do like, if you pick up, uh, yeah. so in the rule book, the essentials kit rule book yeah. and inside the dungeon master screen, there are, uh, some more lighthearted, almost sketch-looking artwork. Yep. Including a gnome with a nice big pointed hat pointing at a chalkboard. Yes. And it looks like a halfling bopping an ogre on the head with a hammer. Let Uh, me guess. His feet are far, far too small. No, you can't see his feet. Okay. Okay. There you go. So we're not so going to get I, off on that tangent. Then. Well, that's yeah. because feats are, are an optional rule. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I really like the artwork on the inside of the, the dungeon master screen. Yeah. I, so the sketchy, the sketch, uh, black and white art I thought was nice. And I, I, what I wish is there was more of that. And, uh, in, in general, my, my criticism for fifth edition is there, there's a lot of art direction, uh, obviously, that um, makes the art feel, no matter who the artist is, the art ends up feeling the, very much in the same style. 
um, which some people like uh, that. I am not one of those people. I kind of wish that there was art that had different styles throughout the book. Um, and yeah, it would be so nice if there wasn't all like, digital art. Like, uh, like Castles and Crusades, I think famously uses like the same artist to do the majority Peter of Bradley. Stuff. Peter Bradley. Um, mm-hmm. You're not a fan of that? No, I, I, I think one of the things I really liked about um, the mold base set was like here, you know, on one page you'd have like really serious, like very cool Roslo art. And then on another, you'd have like uh, cartoons and, and on another page, it would be, it would be different. And, um, and then on the cover, you had a painting, you know, a fantasy painting, which let's be honest, that was like, the coolest thing about seventies genre fiction was the fact that like people were commissioning artists to do fantasy paintings. Like let's bring that back. Uh, I can go either way on the art thing because I love the original astonishing swordsman and sorcerers, a hyperborea box set. And it has very thematic and similar art throughout. And I absolutely love the look of it. Don't they primarily use uh, one artist too? In that box set, I think they did. I, I think they've branched out from from that. Okay, but that is fine too. Yeah, I, I love like the Dungeon Crawl Classics book yeah. and the variety um, of the artwork throughout. That's that's the gold. That's the gold standard. I I agree. Like I think DCC set the gold standard for uh, how much art is too much art. Never. There's never too much art. That's exactly. <laughs> so uh, fill up every margin with art. And uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you can get Doug Kovacs, uh, Peter Mullen, uh, you know, Roslo, it's just so Steph much great. Stefan Pogue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that I'm is, going to, I'm going down our name drop checklist right now <laughs> right. And, and we've, we've almost covered all of them today. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Uh, but yeah, so the artwork, um, it could be better, but that being said, uh, my kids, for instance, they, they like the artwork in it. So like there's probably a generational thing here. Yeah. I guess they're I'm the target. Not- yeah, yeah, I'm not the target here. So, but uh, I um, I felt it was important we share like what we like and what we didn't like. So absolutely. Well, so so let's let's address that a little more uh, directly, uh, yeah. Rick. If you want to start with your your top likes and dislikes, uh, other than the artwork, I, I know there were a couple other things, right? Yeah, I think I might have already sort of touched on them. Um, I really like the sidekick rules. Uh, I really like, uh, um, I thought that approach to a magic weapon, um, was, it really felt like something indeed that something was powerful, you know, not like an artifact or anything like that, but something that was, uh, worthwhile was a game changer as far as in that battle. I mean, it certainly was, it made my fighter feel like, you know, like it wasn't like, just waiting for like your wizard to wrap things up. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it also didn't overpower you for other encounters. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, remember versus a non-dragon, 
I, I think what James it just gets a plus one bonus. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it was strictly, you know, it was the right item to have for that, for that situation. Um, what I didn't like so much besides the art is, and this is not unique to essentials kit. It's been a part of death edition from the beginning. Not that big a fan of advantage, uh, advantage, disadvantage. Mm, uh, really? I don't know if I've touched upon this before in like an earlier podcast, but I mm. might've said something to you guys before about it. Um, I kind of agree with, uh, here's another name drop for you there, mm-hmm. Todd, uh, Robert Schwab, you know, uh, who was a part of the fifth edition design team. Um, uh, he kind of shared with me that he ha- was kind of against, um, advantage, disadvantage, because the coolest thing in gaming is that natural 20 and advantage disadvantage has the potential of taking that away. Whereas the, uh, the system that he adopted for his own shadows of the demon Lord game was the boons and banes, which is where you roll the additional D six. Uh, if you have an advantage or a boon, you add it to your roll. If you have a bane or disadvantage, you would subtract it for your roll. So even if you rolled the 20 on disadvantage, um, at most, you're going to subtract six away from that. So at a 14, figuring bonuses is a way, you might still hit with that. Right. So it doesn't truly take it away. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it diminishes it somewhat, but it doesn't take it away where with disadvantage, you know, more than likely, you're not going to, it, it's just too swinging. And saying that from the perspective of the Dungeon Classic. Yeah, yeah. You know, but That's, it's not... DCC is not that swinging. It's not disadvantage advantage swinging. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'd say DCC could be. We're talking. I mean, you can. I mean, with that, I mean, you can have a swing of of what nineteen on the die. That's that's how. What is more swingy than that? Uh, spell burning fifteen points. <laughs> but it, at a great cost. That's true. That's true. There's no cost. I mean, for, I mean, you're you're exactly the same right afterwards. So I'm. A, it's 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 my perspective. That's yeah. that's the way I feel about it. Absolutely. I would probably house rule it out of there. Um, so so here's here's a quick house rule for you. If you want to you want to uh, still use it, the the easy part is to ignore the part you don't like. Roll advantage, disadvantage, but if a one or a twenty comes up, uh, you you have to accept them. That, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> and if if you roll a one and a twenty, something crazy should happen. <laughs> so, so Jay, go ahead, Rick. No, no, uh, that was pretty <laughs> much. I think that was all I had as far as like what I liked, what I didn't like. Okay, cool. So, James, what would you say were your top likes and dislikes? Uh, tops, top likes and dislikes. Uh, so, my top like was just the the fact that the box set was so well put together. They they oh. got a lot. Of, they got a lot of criticism. No, uh, agree completely. The, yeah, on the previous one and this attempt, they they nailed it. It just was the best box set since Mold Bay, in my opinion, so far. Um, but, um, my dislikes probably, um, as far as like a wizards or TSR release. Yeah. As a, as a TSR release, there are other box sets I like 
better than this from other games for sure. Um, oh, silencing swordsman and sorcerers for yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. That is one hell of a box set. We need to drop uh, Jeffrey Telanian's name. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we. Which, I'm, I'm, I'm checking way, that one off. Yeah. By the way. When is the uh, Astonishing Swordsman Sorcery of Hyperborea uh, episode? Season two. Season two. Season, uh, season two. Oh, and speaking of box sets, uh, can't go too much further without saying Old School Essentials. Old School Essentials is the probably my... my uh, I don't want to spoil that episode because I'm super excited about it, but that is my, my go-to for sure. Yep, that's a I hell of a box set. I don't have that one yet. Oh, I, come on! I know Todd, I'm a slacker. You own a, you own a game store. I know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what your excuse is there, Todd. Yeah, I might be looking at mountains of box sets from where you I'm sitting right now. You put a state-of-the-art recording studio in your game store, <laughs> but you don't have a copy of Old School Essentials the box set. I know. Oh. I am a failure. Speaking yes. of which, you need to get that so I can buy it off you several times. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the box set for sure. Like, the the way I approached this was if some kid buys this, and in fact, like, I've bought, and I've bought a few copies for nieces and nephews at this point. Uh, if some kid buys this, you know, what are they getting? Do they have, you know, enough to play Dungeons and Dragons for an entire summer and have like one of the best summers of their lives. Yes, absolutely. Like you can, this box set would, would inspire a stranger things, uh, you know, kind of situation, I think for sure. Um, one of my dislikes though, is the fact that, uh, they don't really give enough, uh, for, a uh, uh, young DM to be able to run his own campaign outside of the adventure. Um, there's not a lot of like uh, create your own adventure advice uh, in, in the book at all. In fact, I don't know that there is any other than, Hey, here, are the, here are some more books you can buy. Uh, and they do, they do give you uh, a 50% off coupon for the, the, the player's handbook uh and digital right yeah digital on D beyond yeah on D beyond and they give you like another encounter or something like that or uh like another some more adventure material but none of it is how to design a dungeon or or anything like that so um and there's not very many monsters uh to pick from so that that's my that's my dislike is that Comparing that to Keep on the Borderlands, where you have an entire campaign setting, which this has, it's a sandbox uh, adventure, which is cool, and the map uh, is great. Um, another like, I think, is the fact that it ties into the previous box set. It's in the same uh, town, actually, and, and so you could just throw that dungeon in. Um, yeah, that... Since you mentioned that, that made me remember something where I was kind of disappointed that there was a lot of doubling up as far as the monsters that were available in that basic set are reprinted in this one rather than, you know, I would like to see less overlap. So it would encourage people to still like maybe track down like the first one if they didn't have it just for the additional monsters. Uh, But, you know, but Yeah. yeah, you make some great, you make some great points. Yeah, that, that, that's really. I mean, it's an amazing. It's a great box set. Uh, you know, For sure. I, 
it definitely could fill up a couple summers worth of adventure for for some kids. So, uh, you know, mission accomplished from that standpoint. So, so one of my big likes, uh, so a, a lot of my likes w- would be the same as your guys's likes. Uh, but something I really like about it is that you could have this box set and it would marry up perfectly to the Goodman games release of B1 and B2, the Into the Borderlands book. And it would be a perfect mate for that. And you could play for a long time with this box set and the B1 and B2 adventures in that book. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah, that is a hell of a product. Yeah. And uh, it would, it really is a complete game as far as level one to six. I, I like how they strip down the options back to resemble uh, an old school box set from the eighties. You know, there's, there's just uh, fighters, wizards, clerics, rogues, and a bard and humans, dwarves, elves, and halflings. So in, instead of, trying to like half ass get everything in there. They just concentrated on the basics. Uh, I, I think one, uh, I, I guess if I were to pick a dislike, it, it's since it's trying to stay completely in line with fifth edition D and D. So you could step right from one to the other, the archetypes presented, uh, it could be a better game unto itself if they left the archetypes out and just gave each class a little more skills. But as it is, like the Eldritch Knight, you really don't get to develop the Eldritch Knight that well. Uh, there's there's limited spells to choose from, and it only goes to sixth level. So I, I would almost like to see it ditch the archetypes and, and well, maybe have just an option of not having an archetype. Uh, but still, as it is, uh, I think it's a, a great product. So here uh, is a question I've really wanted to ask both of you guys. Does this box set give a good OSR feel to you when you oh, pick it up? Are you asking us to define the OSR? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will quit this podcast. Right now. <laughs> no, so, can we put in the bylaws that we are not going to have a define the OSR episode? But do you get an OSR vibe at all off of this box? At mm. all? Yes. Um, I I I get an OSR vibe. Uh, one, it's a box set. Two, like you said, they they clearly intentionally like simplified some some aspects of the rules and options to you know restrict it to old school uh um you know halflings elves you know the 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 three major um uh uh you know backgrounds and uh and just the basic classes for sure that that made it feel old school for me as well um, the fact that it was a map and kind of a sandbox instead of a railroad adventure um, 
also made it feel fairly old school to me, which, uh, you know, some might argue is just good adventure design, but a lot of the old school games, uh, adventures that I really liked were sandbox adventures. So Rick, how about you? Uh, enough, I guess. I mean, uh, James makes some good points. Um, but, um, I don't know. Um, I I just have to stick with enough. Uh, there were there was enough, uh, right. but you know it wasn't like, wow, this was like uh, they they clearly had that in mind when they put this box set together. Yeah, the limitations and so forth, but I think that's why they call it the essentials kit. They don't call it the OSR kit; they call it the essentials kit. So there was a, I guess there was enough. There was a a clear you know, uh, tip of the hat in that direction, but not to the point that I'm going to go, wow. Yeah. I was really happy with that. It, it was, it was enough. And, and this might be like in their favor. I, I, yeah, you're right. That wasn't their intent. Um, I wasn't expecting like, uh, dice that had, you know, that came with a crayon that you had to ink yourselves or like, you know, them trying to emulate the artwork of like the, mm-hmm. the, the the games from like the, the late seventies, the mid to late seventies. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't guess complain if they did though. <laughs> um, no, heck no. Um, especially if they hired some artists that, uh, you know, I could name yeah. right now. Well, I think we've already named most of them already. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, enough. That being okay. said, they did hire they did they did hire Dyson to do maps now. So uh, yeah, nice. good job. Good. I yeah. mean that guy that guy rocks. So uh, Dyson's yeah. fantastic. So so uh, as far as an OSR feel, I, I think I get it from the fact that they actually seem to concentrate on making this a usable box set unto itself, instead of whereas the previous beginner box. Yeah. Uh, wanted to link you up to uh, online documents. Mm-hmm. This, although it gives you an incentive to sign up for D&D Beyond, it, it, it tries to stay more self-contained than... Yeah. Well, you can create characters. In the, in the yeah. previous box set, you couldn't roll up characters at all. Like, right. Uh, they, they gave you character sheets and said, here's your character and everything you need to know about rolling them up, uh, like leveling them up is on the sheet. Uh, and it only went to the third level. So it was pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes to sixth level, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, for sure. I think, I think it's definitely a product that if you are a young person and you get this for your birthday, uh, it can change your life and make you a tabletop gamer forever. Oh yeah, and let's let's not to not to like get too uh, grouchy here, but <laughs> let's let's talk about a little bit of envy for like how how well kids have it today. <laughs> where like you know if they get puzzled over like the way a rule is phrased, oh, you yeah, know, you go you you've got YouTube to show you like you know there's a thousand different uh, gameplay 
you know, videos that you could watch, you know, how it's done. Um, you know, professional the, voice actors, uh, walking, you know, showing you how to well, well, <laughs> actors, Hollywood actors and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, they've got, they've got so many resources, uh, at their fingertips. Um, besides like, and just as far as like finding people to play, you know, just uh, like we're recording this podcast right now, like reach out on Zoom. You know, if uh, you've got a cousin that lives on the other side of the country, no problem. Absolutely. Minutes later, you're, uh, you know, you're rolling dice and BNLs and uh, fighting goblins and so forth. Yeah, it's never been, there's never been a better time to play pretend elf games, for sure. Oh, no, it's a, it's a golden age of RPGs. I will, I will fight you if you tell me otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no joke. I mean, they, and, and some of those things are a double-edged sword too, right? Like, uh, you have professional actors, you know, uh, acting out, uh, D and D campaigns and that's a lot of pressure to, for, for a kid to live up to as a, as a dungeon. I master. don't know, man. Did you see, uh, I saw some special, uh, video of where they did a live play with, uh, um, what's it? Vin Diesel. Nice. And so I know the guy, I know the guy is passionate about his D and D days. He has his character's yeah. name famously tattooed on his gut. And, uh, he's talked repeatedly about his love for D and D. And then I watched him in this, uh, this life and he was, I mean, he was wooden. He was, uh, uh, and this is not really a statement on his, I've seen movies where he acted just fine. I mean, uh, he's not one of my favorite actors, but he can usually, you know, but this was, this, I mean, he was just wooden, uh, but segue, segue over. <laughs> so, so I'm looking forward to that day at Gary con when Vin Diesel shows up to play and he's like, <laughs> where is Rick from D 50 shades of D and D? That's right. We're That's having right. a throwdown. And in I was the parking like, lot. I'm, I'm right, gonna you say, might want to keep. I'm Carlos. I'm the sound effects <laughs> guy. I just saw him. He just went that way. He went that way. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the guy with the chair. He's the bearded guy. You can't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, at Gary Khan, that's um, yeah, that could be any anyone just about. That's true. Hey, hey, I love the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> that's so, uh, so. So I, I think we we've. We've milked the D&D Essentials box set pretty well for this episode. Yeah. And uh, any final words from anybody? On the Essentials kit? Um, no, I think you're right. I think we pretty much covered, uh, you know, I was extremely happy with my purchase. And uh, I'm really grateful for uh, James for running it for, for us. I'd... Uh, I'd definitely be willing to sit down anytime and play Essentials again. I'd even be willing to run it if uh, if somebody requested it. Absolutely. It's not gonna it's not gonna knock off my number one, my number two, or even my number three. But it's still it's up there and it's a fun game and the uh, and it's it's great for the hobby. I think that's something that we haven't touched upon is the success oh, of absolutely. Wizards and D the Dungeons and Dragons line is absolutely. just it's not a bad thing for our hobby at all. So the better it does, the better the games that we prefer by maybe smaller companies or, uh, which are already a, a niche hobby, you know? So it, it's just, 
come on, folks. It's a good thing. So, so due to your polygamous nature, you still top, have top, room. Uh, you have yeah. room for your heart absolutely. in D&D Essentials. Hashtag polygamers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one thing I think we didn't mention is what you would steal from it. And, uh, oh, yeah. Which I'm surprised oh, yeah, yeah. that Rick did not bring that the up. Thieves since that's his, yeah, that's yeah. His, well, what yeah. would you steal from it, Rick? Damn it, put me on the spot. Um, well, I mean, uh, certainly for like uh, – any game that I would want to see published, I would like to see it have the same quality uh, as far as like the materials and the amount of stuff that you get within that box for what you paid, you know, certainly that. Um, and uh, I really like the sidekick rule. So I'll say that. Oh, definitely. Si- sidekicks. It's so much better than just a hireling but yeah. not quite as in-depth as a, a henchman, which you're basically creating a whole other character. The sidekicks uh, I, I would use in any other game at the drop of a hat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'll echo that. I would steal the sidekicks as a concept for allowing two-player uh, you know, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, the other thing I, I, I'd say that I would steal from this just basic fifth edition stuff is um i'm a pretty big fan of how they handle skills uh in saving throws uh so the idea that uh your class gives you a couple um stats that is your focus and those allow you to add uh, a proficiency bonus and then if you have a skill it just gives you a proficiency bonus on that attribute roll uh, totally, I would steal that. I would, I would make it um, maybe a, a roll under still or something. But um, I like the unified mechanic there of everything's an attribute test. Uh, skills just make you better at that. Personally, I like advantage disadvantage, so I would probably steal that as well. Um, and then the adventure itself is. I mean, I might run run that with uh, old school essentials or something. Um, it's just fine. The the setting, um, as much as I used to not enjoy the realms for whatever reason, fifth edition has done a good job at making the realms not be terrible. Um, <laughs> th- th- I'll throw out there: it, it, this led me to run uh, a fifth ed- edition game, and we've been playing through Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And, um, you know, we, we don't really review adventures, so I'll just go ahead and mention it here that you should check that out if you're an old school player. It's got some great dice and maps. And uh, the adventure is not railroady at all. It's pretty fantastic. So uh, I recommend recommend that. So I think at that, we'll go ahead and uh, sign off with some advice from the good advice dwarf uh never split the party never fire in a melee always listen and check for traps (laughs) yes (laughs) you get us killed every time with that james so (laughs) i'll see you guys later all right take care bye bye stay safe wash your hands wear a mask wear a mask